All right. We're ready to go. Things are live. You're you're as good as you can get, I guess. We're just gonna have to We're just gonna have to live with this. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by Check it out, my True Nutrition Shaker Cup, truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings on high-quality third-party tested supplements. Guys, Dave is very busy today. If you can even see him through his foggy camera, he's been very busy. He's behind with work. When Dave's behind with work, he's very distracted. So I'm just going to put it out there. No, I put the phones away. I've closed the screens down because you bitch and moan like fuck. So I'm being good and I am I am focusing on the show. Don't expect too much. Okay. That's that really should be That's our motto. That's because my brain's broken today. That's got nothing to do with anything. Else. That should be our motto. Don't expect too much. Uh guys, our topic for the day today, we're it's a topic that we've covered a gazillion times, just in random. You know, people asking questions. A gazillion. Is that a real? Is that a real number? A gazillion. A patrillion. I don't know. Is gazillion a real number? And if so, how many zeros are in it? Okay, we'll figure that out. Maybe one of our live listeners can figure that out while we're recording here. Um, topic for the day though is going to be first cycle. What should you do for your first cycle? Because Dave and I get asked all the time. What should you do? What? How should you run it? What should you run? How long should you run it? All those things. And we answer that stuff all the time, too. But we haven't made it an official topic. So that's going to be our official topic for the day. I, we also have a lot of listener questions. I think, we should, I think we should break it into first oral, first injectable, and the reasons of why, et cetera, as well. Okay. Before we do, though, uh, I wanted to show you something that I made. I made this uh, a uh-huh. couple days ago. I made a poster. It's a missing poster. Have you seen me? It's a picture of Christmas cabbage. And then it says contact Dave Crossland and Scott McNally with details. I've gotten a lot of Mm -hmm. sightings. Uh, A lot of people have reached out. A lot of people said that he's gone south, that he's gone on a bender and that he's in southern uh, England. Well, I I have some update on the missing Christmas cabbage. So you haven't found him, first of all. There is that. That's that's the first. He update. is still missing. Okay. But I have been told that he may have been in contact with his cousin, Angry Cabbage. This is getting far fetched. What are you talking about? Why is he getting what? He can't have a cousin called Angry Cabbage, <laughs> but I guess they can, he can be a Christmas cabbage. And that's far-fetched. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. I Now, Angry Cabbage is a bad influence. So, I am, I am trying to locate the pair of them. Let me ask you this. And then if I do, they will be on the show and they will explain their absences. Let me ask you this. I know you've been okay. busy. Have you even looked? Did you look in your RV? I haven't looked there yet. <laughs> so you haven't looked, I have looked where you took you took him on a trip. You haven't seen him since the trip. I, you took him in the I RV. I have looked everywhere else. 
I have looked everywhere else in the house. Which you haven't looked in the RV? Um, not yet, but I am intending on going up to the RV hopefully tomorrow or Friday. Real pressing. Real pressing, guys. You can see Dave's losing sleep over this. <clears throat> Look, I've told you, as far as I'm aware, he's out with his cousin. <laughs> All right. So you will see. Just trust me. You will see. Yes, we will. One way or the other. You will. Uh, so first, cycle. he will be back. There is no doubt he will be back. I can promise you that. Are you going to get a different one? Like go to the store where you got the original Christmas cabbage? What do you think I am? Replacing my kids' goldfish? Wouldn't do anything like that. Jason this isn't says, like a hamster you've stood on. Great to see. Yeah, Jason's been up today for an IV. He says, great to see you today, Dave. I thought he meant on the screen. Like through the real no, no, he's, he's, fuzzy he's, internet. He's, he's been, up to, been up today and had an IV. Oh, um, nice. So, you know... It's not like you've killed your kid's hamster or you've flushed a goldfish down the toilet and you just nip out and get another one and throw it in the cage and just tell them it's the same one. So it's Christmas cabbage. You can't replace Christmas cabbage. The uh, the whole point of doing a YouTube video is to get right to the point of the topic, like right away. You lose all your listeners and viewers if you don't get right to the topic. Now that we're 10 minutes in, into the video... Can we can we start? Can we, you brought it up. I guess I did, didn't I? That's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First it is. <clears throat> um, well, let's go oral. So, obviously, we have two basic types of compounds. We have aromatizing compounds and we have non-aromatizing compounds. When it comes to orals, a the two sort of general go-to starter orals are going to be D-Ball or they're going to be Anavar. D-Ball does aromatize, so you do need to be aware of estrogen, but it does then allow you to run that as an oral cycle, potentially a little bit longer than you would run an Anavar only. Yeah. The downside with Anavar is that it doesn't aromatize, so it doesn't create estrogen. So... Generally, for most people around the eight-week mark, you're going to start to see depleted estrogen levels. And, and as a result, that can start creating problems. So, um, or, I mean, there's nothing wrong with oral only psychos. No, they're not as effective as injectable ones, granted. But, you know, if you wanted to dip your toe into this world of drugs, going to injectable drugs for a lot of people is is a big thing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stigma around injectable drugs, uh, and a lot of people associate injecting drugs with stuff like heroin and, you know, the more hardcore recreational drugs. Sure. So, so a lot of people do struggle with it, and they they don't just struggle with it from a personal level. They also struggle with it from a social level, as in within the people around them, you know, family members and stuff like that. Taking a few tablets, they don't really need to hide that. Yeah. injecting a drug can sometimes become difficult where they have to do it in secrecy. And then obviously you've got all the issues of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with orals. Um, a lot of people will shitstorm orals and you need to do this and you need to do that. And an oral only cycle is fine, but you're going to get out of it what you're going to get out of it. You're not going to have super results, but you can still have some decent results. But if you're taking a, a DHT based oral, then 
one of the concerns is the fact that your estrogen is going to start to reduce and it can become problematic. Um, it will vary from person to person. And, and one of the things you need to realize about an oral cycle is you don't take orals and then the next day you're shut down. So you could probably be six, maybe eight, maybe your whole cycle of orals are never actually completely shut down. Yeah, You may have a, a low level of production maintained. But you will have a reduction, and as a result, with it being non-aromatizing, you will have a reduction in estrogen, and that can start to become problematic towards the back end. So there is a bigger restriction on time using a DHT oral yeah. than there is on using what would be generally regarded as a wet drug, so like something like D-ball. Um, the, all orals will stress the liver. They are methylated and they are methylated so that they can withstand first pass of the liver. So when, when a compound enters your system, in your stomach, if it's oral, in your stomach, absorbed through into the bloodstream, passes through the liver and the liver tries to break it down. A methylated drug resists that breakdown so it can then flow back through the body and then deposit its, its androgen payload, whatever it needs to be. Um, one of the issues here is that that will cause a raise in liver enzymes. The liver will get stressed. That isn't a direct correlation to liver damage, though liver, orals can cause liver damage. You've got to be a bit of a dick, really, with orals to actually get to a point where you fuck your liver. Or, or have a predisposed uh, last, issue, like somebody who will have you, been you, over, I would think, like I've, I've had guys that I've worked with that were overweight for a real long time and that they've gotten yeah. in shape now and that they have fatty liver, you know, that, that, that they mm -hmm. basically have a, a liver disease, you know, from having stressed their liver for an extended yeah. period when they were younger. Which is why I would always suggest on any first cycle that you get a health check before you start. You get your bloods done. You see where your baselines are. You see where your health markers are. Because one of the things with orals is they do suppress HDL more than injectables do. Yeah, so what we're so, talking HDL, uh, we want to see cholesterol, we want to see kidney values, basically everything, right? Liver values. Liver values. Uh, and, well, hormones as well, because how do you know if you're going to do a PCT, which you would expect on your first cycle, how will you know if you recovered if you don't know what your levels were before you recovered? Yeah. One of the reasons you might be considering anabolics is because of a lack of progress, and your lack of progress may actually be based in your hormones because your test is low anyway. Yeah. So if you get your, what you're saying so, is if you test your testosterone levels before you go on cycle, when you come off cycle, after you do your PCT, you'll be able to check to make sure you've actually gotten back to where you were before you started. And that's how you'll know you're recovered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I but never also, checked mine. you might, I, I don't think anyone's did from that area, but you, you also, this is your thing, you know, you get your levels checked and it's like, oh, I've not done anything. I'm natural all my life, and my test level's nine. Yeah. I ain't bothering with a PCT. Ah, yeah. What's the point? I'm already a TRT candidate anyway. Yeah, because you're only going to so, really expect to recover as high as you were before you were on the cycle. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that there are things that can come from that information about not so much the drugs you use, but more about the support supplements you will use in that cycle. You know, if you go into a, an oral cycle with already low HDL, then you know you need to bolster your HDL for that cycle. Yeah. No. Because it's going to get a bigger hit.
You started out talking about an oral only cycle. Are you saying that that's what you would suggest to somebody that that would be an ideal first cycle in your opinion? No, I'm saying it's an option okay. for those that are wary of injectables. It's an option. A lot of people will shitstorm an oral only and say, oh, it's crap. You don't need to do it. You have to run test if you're running an oral. Do you bollocks? Fucking people have been running oral cycles for the last 40 years. You don't need to run fucking tests. I get it, though. But it has its limitations. Yeah. Oh, I get it, especially with DHTs, because you want that estrogen base. But, but um, you know, it, it has its limitations. I remember early on I ran it, For Winstrel. some people, it's the good toe dipper. Yeah, I ran Winstrel early on. It was like my second actual quote-unquote cycle did d-ball the first time winstrel only the second and i felt fine for the first few weeks but after that as my testosterone <laughs> went away because you got to remember any anabolic steroid it's going to be uh some type of a variation made off of testosterone but they don't all work like testosterone in our systems so i was no longer as dave was saying i was no longer getting the estrogen plus i didn't have the testosterone that would do all the things that testosterone normally does in your body so i remember feeling strong yet highly unmotivated at the same time it wasn't in a, it wasn't a good feeling that's for sure No, and you also, with, but particularly with Winstrel, you've got that anti-progesterone action as well, which obviously adds to the low test and, and, and can start playing havoc with your joints and, and everything else. Yeah. So what but, would be a, um, a, an ideal, in your opinion, first cycle to run? On oral? No, just in general. Just like overall first cycle, what would be good? I don't see an issue with... Right, so, so here's, here's where we have a bit of a caveat. So if you're an experienced trainer and you have a reasonable handle on nutrition, you could go test only and probably get reasonable results out of 300 mega a week. Heck yeah, you could. If you are not that savvy with your diet and not that savvy with your training program, then whether you whether you want to face reality or not, the reality is you're probably going to need to go four to five hundred to get comparable results to the guy that's on point. Mm. Um, it's not ideal. I wouldn't advise it. I would advise on making sure you learn how to train and you learn how to put a reasonable diet together. But the truth is, a lot of people will use higher doses to compensate for shit performance in the gym or shit performance in the kitchen. Um, but if those things are on, most people generally will look at a cycle around 400 meg. That's all right. And off that, they'll get a decent, a decent return for what they're putting in. But I say, if you are, say you've done 10, 12 years as an natty, you know, you're very on point with your training, then you're going to get a good response off 250, 300 meg. I used Where if 400. you've been at it a couple of years. Yeah. I did. I did a little D ball, 15 milligram well, cycle. I did that little Winstrel thing for a few weeks. And then I jumped in with 400 milligrams of test sip. I had uh, two bottles and I went for, I think it was like 10 weeks. I ran with that a little bit of a Rimidex. Uh, actually, no, scratch that. I didn't have a Rimidex yet. I may have ran Novadex with that for estrogen protection. 
mm-hmm. a little bit of that. And then uh, after that, I did a full PCT. And it was it was definitely like the gains I got from that were far different from the gains I got from my low D ball cycle. Like it was legit. You know what I mean? You're not going to get a huge amount from 15 mega D ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. let's be straight with that. It, it's a it's a you're not even going to raise levels much over what you're suppressing them by by 15 mig. I got great great pumps. I gained um, like a, I gained like 20 pounds, but it was a lot of water, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, there is, um, and this is the thing with an oral lonely. Um, there's been a few studies now that suggest that if you're in an oral only situation, that you are better to have a single high spike dose per day than you are to break that up into multiple dosings so that you get a more sustained but lower level. And it's the actual peak of your anabolics in your system that's going to stimulate the best growth rather than, or support the best growth, really, rather than a slightly elevated but consistent level. I'll tell you what, though. when I'll you be, put anabolics in, that changes the profile. Injectables in, should I say, that changes the profile. Yeah, and I I want to be careful with this because I do think you know that we are talking about a first cycle ever. Part of running your first cycle is it's about learning how to manage these compounds, managing side effects. And I do feel that your risk of side effects taking one large dose every day of an oral may be higher, especially if you're say estrogen sensitive and you're taking you know, 25, 50 D ball all in one shot, you know, one, one dose every day. Uh, I shouldn't use the word shot all in one dose orally every day. I think sides may be higher than if you were to split it up. So for a first time cycle, and, and I'm just thinking of this as we talk, I would almost say, yeah, maybe you might get better progress by taking it all at once, but the, the risk may be higher for side effects. It may be hi- harder for you to manage that, I'd almost not even want people to think about that option if they've never run anything before and they're just learning how to manage these things. So do you really think that, and this is a genuine, genuine ask, do you, do you really think that the difference between splitting say 40 mig into two 20 mig a day and doing it as one 40 mig is going to be that dramatic from a point of view of managing of sides? Well, okay. So here's what I've seen personally early on. I, I don't have this issue later years, but early on in cycling, I suffered from uh, acne. You know, I, I was susceptible to it because I got mm-hmm. a few, you know, shoulder bumps as like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Even when I was like 18, 19, I'd still get a little bit of, you know, back acne in, in the summer and all that. So I think I'm susceptible, or at least I used to be. Uh, I don't think I'm as sensitive to side effects or effects of anabolics now that I've used them for a long time. But yeah, I would get more acne when I would take just one dose of D-ball versus spreading it out. I found if I spread it out, same with Trent even. You know, if I took Trent every other day, I'd get more side effects versus if I took the same dose but split it up every day. I found it was a huge difference. For me, being able to keep blood levels very consistent is always been for me the number one route of managing side effects. See, to me, there's a trade-off point where you've got to be a little bit careful. Um, so the way I see it, if you're going to put the compound in your body, mm-hmm. 
you want to do it in a way that's obviously as safe as possible, but also as effective as possible. Otherwise, there becomes a little bit of a, what was the point of shutting you down? What was the point of taking those risks if your net gain was actually not that great? So I do feel there's a point, there's a trade-off here because, and people go, well, is that very harm reduction? I go, well, yeah, if you look at it like this. So I do a cycle. I'm I'm nervous as hell, yeah. um, so I'm gonna do two hundred. I'm gonna do two hundred mega tests a week. Okay, nice low cycle. I get a little bit out of it. I definitely get the feel good factor from it. I definitely get the increased libido. I definitely get energized. And I do all right with gains, but they're not dramatic. They're not fantastic. Right. So I'm now thinking. Right, I'm gonna do another one. Because this hasn't returned what I expected it to return. And I'm going to push it substantially higher. Because I think I need a much more bigger, I need a much bigger dose because I'm obviously resistant to steroids because I haven't grown like everyone else says they're going to grow on their first cycle. Yeah. When if that first cycle was 400, for argument's sake, I would have got much better results. I'd have been much more satisfied with those results and I'll be less likely to overcompensate with my next cycle because I'll be, you know what? I did well out of 400 the first time, so I'll just run 400 again the second time. Yeah, I'd agree with that totally. But I don't compare yeah. that. I do, but I, I don't but, um, compare yeah, so that to taking 50 milligrams of D-ball all at once versus splitting it into three or four doses. Okay. I think that the results you would get off of taking one dose of D-ball a day versus splitting it up through the day, they're going to be relatively similar versus a guy taking 200, say, versus whatever, 500 or 400 tests. Those don't, it, it, it would be substantially different. I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that the actual benefit would be worth it to me of the one dose a day. Granted, mm -hmm. granted, the chances are you could, pro you know, people, most people could probably get away with it, but for that idea of managing side effects for somebody who's not familiar with managing side effects, I would want to err on the side of caution that the, the benefit of taking that one dose versus splitting it up, I don't think it's going to be that that much more personally. And that's just my experience. It, it's I'm only basing the single dose on a study that, uh, I mean, it is a while since I've read it, but the, the actual impact of the single dose was quite dramatic in comparison. Okay. Um, but it, it was a while ago, and it is only one study, and obviously it's not a huge catchment on that. So I'm very open to the fact that, you know, it could be a lot different for a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, so, but then I've not seen – personally, I never really suffered with sides in that sense, so I never really had that many. I mean, I did when I was on four and a half and five grammar gear, but, you know, the lower dose stuff I – Fuck me, you wouldn't even know I was on half the time. Yeah. Um, from a point of view of sides and issues and all that sort of stuff, because I just never had none. Yeah. I mean, I've, 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 run, a, I've run a gram, a gram and a half a test with no, with no AIs or anything huh. and had very little problems. Okay. So if we were talking, speaking of then test, uh, going back to what would be an ideal first cycle, and we're saying I, I would – my thought would be, I would say 400-ish tests would be good. It's going to be a lot more than your body would produce. You're going to make some crazy, you know, crazy gains with that. Um, 
you know, if you want to go a little bit lower than that, go for it. If you wanted to go a little bit higher, I'd say 500, I'd say go for it, but somewhere in that ballpark. And then uh, I would say my thought would be start with a low dose of Arimidex. I would use Arimidex in that cycle, but minimally, like maybe a half a milligram on shot days, split your shots up into two shots, and maybe after about a month, go and get lab work done, see where your estrogen levels are. And if you find that they're getting real low, which I doubt they will be, then, you know, reduce the AI. What? I see some fuzzy yellow thing. I can't tell what it is. Did your wife just go find him? Did she just go bring him to you? No, he just come back. Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas cabbage. He just he just wandered in. I will speak to him later about where he's been, the dirty bastard. Fuck off, Scott. Fuck off, Scott. Yes, definitely. I want that on a T-shirt. But I want it to play the noise. So I want a button on my T-shirt that when you press, it says that. How about a, like a card, a greetings card, that when you open it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> you, you can actually, you can get them, can't you, where you can record your own message. Yeah, you could. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that, definitely. But yes, cabbage is back. Holy shit. Your wife went and found him in the RV, didn't she? No, she didn't because she's got no car at the moment. Oh, so the RV's not at the house. Oh, you can't get it down your street, can you? No. Dave lives on like a little uh British road. Uh I've seen it. He well, showed me a video. It's not gonna be a German road, is it? Because I live in England, you brat. Little countryside British road. Uh, you can get one horse down it at a time, basically. No, no, no. Maybe Half one of those small carts with the wooden wheels. Look at that. You got yes, a Christmas cabbage bag. <clears throat> People will be happy with this. People will be happy He's to see back. So, yeah, that would be my thought. And then uh, post-cycle therapy would start two weeks after your last injection of test sip or testy, you could use either of those two compounds. Um, they, mm-hmm. They're going to work pretty much the same. The, due to the half-life, you want to wait two weeks. And at the end of that two weeks, uh, you will you will run uh, Clomid, would be a good post-cycle therapy. We've done a whole show on post-cycle therapy, so uh, we don't need to get all into that. But, you know, ideally you will want to recover your test if you, you know. I would say this. For most people, don't just start going blasting crews just because you decide to start gear. You know, I've seen that happen more and more nowadays, Dave. 22 year old kid, you know. I, I, I know plenty of people who were quite influential spouting that and have been spouting that for a very long time. I, I would suggest that you PCT until the point where you need to go on to TRT because it's going to pretty much happen if, you, if you're using cycles on a you know, a regular basis. Yeah. There's not many people, there's not many people escape that problem. Um, I think the research that Hope did, so Pope did, um, I think he, he estimated about 80% of repetitive cycle users would actually end up on TRT. No kidding. Huh. I think that's the stats on it. So, so most right. people are going to end up there anyway. But the, the reason I like, so on a weekly basis, I will get several people who have to come to the realization that they no longer produce their own hormones and they are going to be TRT for the rest of their life. Okay. Some people are very accepting of this. Some people not so much. 
uh, other people panic about fertility and things like that. Sure. So if you test your hormones before your first cycle, and then you test your hormones four or five weeks after you finish your PCT, you can see if you've come back to your previous usage levels or if you've not. And then you can make the decision as to whether you're going to stay off longer in an attempt to try and get those levels back to where they were or if you're happy where you are. But the, the thing is, it gives you a choice. Yeah. And, and if you're dropping, I'm going to speak in English terms here, but if you're dropping one or two N mole per cycle, after PCT, you're recovering, but you're one or two ml down. So if you're talking about 100 NGL, you know, NG down per cycle, then you can make a conscious decision at a certain point that you know what, for me, continuing to cycle, knowing that I am heading towards TRT dependency, I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Um, so that that's one of the advantages to, 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 to sort of doing the test and then retesting post-PCT is, you get that choice as to at what point, you know, if you go to TRT, you go to TRT because you knowingly went there, not because you suddenly discover after one day, shit, I can't recover. I have no choices. Yeah. One more question, because um, this is something that we hear from time to time. Uh, if you're doing this cycle that we were talking about, you know, you had suggested a lower dose of test. I had suggested 300 to 500. I I said the 400 mm -hmm. specifically. Um, I've heard the question, well, shouldn't you hit that first cycle hard? Because they say your first cycle is going to be your best cycle and you'll never respond the same again. <clears throat> so you have people that want to run three, four different compounds in that first cycle. Let me ask you this. Why would you not want to run three or four compounds in that first cycle? And then let's move on to our questions. Okay, so the first point is you need to learn how you cope with each compound. Okay, yeah. So if you do a cycle of test, then you know any problems you're experiencing are from test. Once you're aware of how test works in your body and how you manage it, then you do a cycle with a secondary compound in. You know then that the most likely culprit for any further problems that arise are the second compound. Yeah. If you start with four compounds, not knowing jack shit about how your body's going to respond, how the fuck do you know what's going on? Yeah, you couldn't. The other thing as well is, so say you start at a gram. Where are you going for your next cycle? And where are you going for the cycle after that? Yeah. So there's much more ceiling to starting low. It's healthier. You will build your knowledge up of how you work with those compounds and therefore you'll be able to manage those compounds more effectively and get more out of those cycles. And the thing is with gear using, generally speaking, everybody goes up. Yeah. So if you start too high, where are you going? Yeah, understand that, um, you know, we see guys like the pros, the high-level pros that, are, you know, you hear them taking higher doses, which they don't all take high doses. Don't be tricked into thinking that they all have to. No, but they have but it, you, the, the guys that do, they're lucky to get a couple pounds per cycle. You know, they're not making huge yeah. radical changes. They've just gotten to the point where In they've general, used huh? for so much for so long that now that's what it requires. They, you know, they're spending, you know, $1,000 versus your 200. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you're probably going to get better gains off that first cycle. 
I was talking to a pro literally two days ago who's just finished a show. He's now into his cruise phase, we call it, and he's running 120 mig a week. That's it. Beautiful. And he's training hard and he's training well and he's just, you know, he's he's fine with that. So I, I know another pro retired now, um, did very well. He wasn't a pro for a very long time. Um, got out of it for nothing to do with bodybuilding or nothing to do with health or anything like that. Just he decided he wasn't the lifestyle for him. Um, and he used to run very short cycles of four to six weeks. And I don't think in his whole career he went over a gram. Yeah. There are those guys. There's and he was obviously, lucky muscle. There's the guys, obviously, that go at the... Did he really? Yeah, yeah. You've got the people, too, who are at the opposite end of that. You always will. People who are trying to sure. overdrug yeah. to, to push things. But the reality is, well, if, if you have anybody that's telling you that this is what the pros do and you have to take a lot, then I got to yeah. tell you, friends, those whoever's telling you that is they're missing the boat flat out. They're missing the boat and they're not getting it. And I would be very leery to take advice from them. I know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven currently active pros in their cycles. And they range from four and a half down as low as just over one. Graham. Yeah. So there's a big range of what pros do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing the four and a half and four gram guys actually starting to move towards smaller cycles now. Because they've realized, actually, they make better progression on less drugs because they're not spending all their time dealing with the side effects. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge factor. So uh, when... When you're at when you're at those doses, side effects become a restrictive factor. Yeah, they uh, do. They do actually start to restrict. They do actually start to restrict progress. Not so much when you're at the lower doses, uh, but when you're at the bigger doses, then the stresses they play on the body can actually slow your progress down. Yeah. All right. Well, let me dig into these questions. Um, see what we've got here. Oh, this is a weird one. This is a real weird one, Dave. Figure we'll we'll just start out we'll we'll start out shooting hard here. This is a what are you were talking two episodes ago about using tests to grow penis size in preteens with micro penis diagnosis. So could you theoretically give your son during puberty excess tests to increase his penis size in the future, uh, taking away possible sides on killing his test levels in the future, bone growth, etc. Just curious if that could theoretically work. Don't have a son and don't want to have kids. I'm just curious. Thankfully, he doesn't have a son, first of all. He's not genuinely considering this. I don't remember us talking about growing penis size. Do you? We only talked about... Um, we talk about halo increasing... Oh, okay. Um, there is definitely the potential for very weird and wonderful effects on somebody 
as they develop if you start messing with their hormones both positive and negative um the problem is obviously in theory yes but in reality not even the fact that there's potential health well more than potential there's health risks that influx of hormone would also impact brain function and brain development it would change their not only their personality but their characteristics yeah. their cognitive function their hand-to-eye coordination it'll have a very wide-ranging impact um there are certain traits within a human being linked to elevated levels of testosterone in development <clears throat> and there are other traits linked to lower levels or higher levels of estrogen in development which is why that we have these distinct differences between males and females not just physically but also mentally um higher levels of testosterone will increase hand-to-eye coordination generally speaking um they'll make the physical ability of an individual usually greater uh but female development generally lends itself to better at languages in fact if you look at most interpreters are female yeah i've seen that um, yeah, and point. so the, the, there are there are there, there are certain impacts in our brain development and, and how we function cognitively that are affected by our hormone balances so the theory of it yes it, it would potentially develop greater um the the level of testosterone in our system does have a correlation to how we develop our sexual organs so there's, there's, there's definitely something there, but obviously, theoretically, thinking about it, you can't isolate to it to be a single area. Yeah. Because obviously the hormones become blood-borne and therefore cross a blood-brain barrier and would impact other areas. That's, that's I think, the take-home message right there. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. All right, what else have we got here? Uh, thoughts on running two to three units of HGH IM fasted before cardio in the morning for contest prep. Is it worth the cost cost or is diet and gear and regiment suffice enough? I can speak on this personally saying that I've used it for most of my preps, but I've also had a year where I didn't use it. And I can say that you can definitely do it without it but it will be a helpful benefit. You know, it's not going to be a game changer. It's not going to mean you can't get in shape without it, but it, everything goes in a, everything, everything works together. So it's not, you know, if you, 
if you are able to get leaner faster with more cardio, that means you can keep more food in. So everything is, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't just change. It changes the, the whole thing, basically, I guess is what it comes down to that you can probably, you can probably eat a little bit more if you're getting leaner faster. The GH is also going to help you to stay fuller. Uh, it it may improve your recovery. And if I were to use growth hormone for only one part of the year, contest prep would be the time that I would say would be the best time to use it. That's my two cents. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on that. It is an effective fat burner. It's not a game changer, but it definitely does ha- add something. It has other benefits, i.e. recovery and such like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it will help. There's no denying it will help. But down to whether the cost is worth the reward. Unfortunately, that's really only something you can decide because it depends on your financial situation. Yeah. He also, he specifically asks HGHIM using it intramuscular. I always use it IM. Hmm. I never go faster delivery. But if you're going to use it, if you're going to use it pre pre cardio, then I would go IM. Williams checking in with us. We got a few questions here too on the live feed. I I mm, always go nice. IM. I mean, I do think there is something to be said about localized fat loss with it, but I think that that's minor. I think you do get a, you know, a systemic effect from it with fat loss, uh, which is also minor. I- I would go sub-Q PM, and I would go IM faster AM. Is that for slower release in the evening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, effectively, yeah. And I've, I've known some people be particularly sensitive to to GH in the evening when it actually keeps them awake. Which I've had that, yeah. It doesn't seem to make sense, but I do know people that have experienced that firsthand and, and had problems with sleep, particularly if they went IM because it was obviously entering the system that little bit faster. It's funny. I felt that uh, I noticed that myself, and then like a week later, Skip, uh, another guy that I podcast with, said the exact same thing. He mentioned it without me talking about it. So we got talking about it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't use it uh, at, at night. I try to keep it in the morning time or or post or excuse me or pre workout. Those are the two times that I run it. It there was a study done showing that if you if you use it, I am. It will stay in your system a little bit longer than, excuse me, if you use it sub-Q, it'll stay in your system a little bit longer. If you use it IM, it'll leave a little bit faster, but you do get a higher spike. So you do get higher Mm -hmm. levels through it. Um, And then if you use it IV, you get the highest spike, but it also leaves your system the most rapidly. And I don't want to be all tracked up like a junkie for my growth hormone anyway. You know what I'm saying? It would, be, it would be exactly the same with, with, with hormones. When we inject hormones IM, we get a higher spike. Yeah. When we inject hormones sub-Q, that spike is dissipated and we get a lower uh, and much more sustained release. So, yeah, I mean, that's the difference between the three forms of administration, which is why IV vitamins are so effective because they go where you want them to go and they go there immediately. Yeah. All right. What else do we got here? I'll go to the live feed. So we had one from Nick Weary, competitive eater. Oh, also Andy chimes in and says gazillion is in fact a made up number. So that wasn't real. I mean, Andy does, Andy does film reviews. Does he really? Hmm. 
Huh. Puts them on his Facebook feed. Quite good, actually. <laughs> he reviewed our podcast today. He says, uh, things look better when Dave's camera looks blurry. I remember that, Andrew. Uh, so Nick Weary, competitive eater, he just got third place at a very big eating contest. And before that, he got third place at a very big eating contest. And guess who beat him for first place? His fiance. <laughs> You've got beat by a girl. <laughs> if you are running trend suspension pre-workout, whew, uh, would you up your amounts of intra-workout aminos, carbs, etc. if the goal was to add tissue? Obviously, the insulin... Uh, that obviously with insulin, that's the case, but it would make sense to me to an extent with trend suspension too. No, not at all. Complete different actions, complete different drugs, no relation to nutritional uh, partitioning from trend. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, not at all. I'm not even a big proponent of the slim pre-workout, huge pumps. Yes, you'll get nutritional transit. But I don't think the carryover is particularly great. Um, but with trend, no, it's an anabolic. It, it doesn't doesn't work in in that format. So you'll get a, a kick strength wise, but you're not going to see anything by by throwing nothing above what you would get normally in adding a pre work uh, an intra workout uh, supplementation. Yeah, you know, adding trend to that isn't going to increase the way you deal with that intra supplementation at all. It's still going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, we got one from TTK. He was the guy who asked about the trend, uh, trend pre, excuse me, trend off season. Uh, he says, question after contest. I know that his wife just finished competing for the season. Uh, very good uh, looking woman's physique competitor, a lot of muscle on her. Uh, and he's over in Europe. After contest, should a woman bodybuilder continue to control her estrogen with drugs for... Uh, not to gain fat so much on those areas where it was hard to lose during prep. Basically, should she control estrogen year-round is what it sounds like. The problem with that is that effectively what you are doing is you are making that individual postmenopausal. Yeah. Um, and as a result, the problems that come with menopause will come with being postmenopausal at a younger age. There is growing data on female users being effectively menopausal because of their usage. People don't realize that women can suffer with shutdown the same way men can. Sure. And those women's, women's bodies are much more adaptive at restarting their hormone production post-cycle because their menstrual cycle takes them through very low periods of hormone anyway, naturally. Yeah. For some women, there can be quite a period of recovery. And I know a few that it's taken a good 12 months, even 18 months, with versions of PCT designed around females to get them to recover and get their hormone levels to some reasonable level. But I also know several women users who are effectively post-menopause now. Um, you don't get quite the same markers as you would in menopausal because you, it, when you're post-menopausal, generally speaking, FSH and LH will be extremely elevated. Where it's androgen-induced, they're not. They're low in the same as you see them low in a male. Um, so the problem is that 
we're designed as males to work on our primary hormone, testosterone. Females are designed to work on their primary hormone, estrogen. Yeah. So in the same way as we as males can have problems with low testosterone, women can have problems with low estrogen. Absolutely. Um, so I get the point, um, but there are much greater impacts from suppressing estrogen long term than just the fact that you will probably be more likely to not gain fat back in a female pattern. I think that the answer is really just to watch how much fat you she allows herself to gain in the off season. You know, well, yeah, I mean, through nutrition, there is some argument that, and it seems to be particularly prevalent with female competitors that because females naturally are supposed to carry more body fat, um, they're naturally supposed to be, you know, a little bit fatter, uh, um, obviously have a very different hormone profile to males. The, when we're women diet for comp, particularly for the physique classes where they're getting properly shredded, mm-hmm. um, that they can get to a point where losing fat can become incredibly difficult for them. Um, I, I, I'm loathe to use phrases like metabolic damage and stuff like that, but effectively it's what it is because their their systems just don't work properly because their systems are designed to work with higher levels of fat um, in the diet, which is why you see women with terrible hormone levels when they yo-yo diet because their diets have such an impact on their hormone production. Yeah, much more so than it does in men. Um, so it's, you could, I would suggest that if you wanted to look at that, I would more look at management of estrogen rather than suppression of estrogen, which is different, but that would involve a lot of testing. Um, and also it would depend on, you know, her age, how she is mental health wise and all these other factors would play into it as well. But I, I wouldn't wholeheartedly just keep banging in Nova or Aromacin or Radex or anything of that nature to try and keep a estrogen permanently low because I think that the, the trade-off of that would be quite severe when it came to both physical and mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I just got a check-in from the, remember the bikini girl that I showed you the other week? Uh, she's getting ready to do another show. Now you had asked, you were like, is she, is she too lean for a bikini? Uh, believe it or not, she won the novice, uh, her novice division, and then she won mm-hmm. the novice overall, and then she won her class, and then she won the bikini overall too. So now we're we're feeding her up. Yeah, man. we're feeding her up at this point. I, she's eating, she's I, eating more and more carbs. Plus, she just had a cheat meal, and we're like struggling to hold weight. We don't want her any leaner than this. This is as lean as she possibly could need to be right here. You know. I did the two Fitech shows uh, last weekend and, and the weekend before. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Particularly last weekend. Last weekend was the final qualifier because the finals are this weekend coming. And and I was actually quite surprised that even over here, how much more muscle the bikini girls are starting to carry yeah. in comparison to what they were like last time I judged, which was like six, seven years ago. Oh, dude, it's been actually. way different. Yeah, it's evolved so much, man. Girls are getting capped delts at this point, you know. It, you, it, it's a balance, though. Okay, that Dave's Dave's broken his head. I've lost all sound, Scott. I can't hear. You. 
Dave broke his headphones. I think he's going to have to hang up. 